0: On this episode, we enter season two. Very excited about the episodes made so far and looking forward to keeping them going as long as y'all are listening. I love to talk to y'all. If you download the Anchor app, we can just talk on the phone and we can share stories of the trails we love. This episode is going to be a shorty. I just wanted to share my story of hiking with the kiddo around the neighborhood and how much fun it was. I went off on a tangent a little bit, but I just wanted to encourage people to spend time outside. But maybe a little closer to home. In the second half, I'm going to give a gear recommendation for one of my favorite items to use while car camping. The Coleman 2 burner stove. It's a classic and it's a beast. And if you're someone that doesn't know about it, I'm going to talk about how easy it is to set up. Stay tuned. Grab your hiking shoes and your backpack and come out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead. We are getting going on the second season of the Texas Trailhead. For everyone that's been listening up to this point, you know, I can't express as much gratitude as I want for everyone tuning in on a weekly basis thus far. I'm looking to share more stories and talk to more people and just really get into into the groove of continuing why we all enjoy spending time outdoors. It is April 1st while I'm recording this segment, and living in texas we just got the announcement that stay in place or whatever orders you want to call them but basically things are being shut down now for another month and talking to people about spending time outdoors has gotten gotten a little heated a lot of people are like well I should be able to go outdoors and people are like oh you should stay home and you know, all of those arguments have valid points. But I'll tell you what I did today. I still spend a little bit of time outside. I am beyond grateful to have a open lake in the city, the small town that I live, pretty much right behind my house. And it's a good fishing lake. And if you've heard any of my other episodes, then you know I enjoy to fish um, every once in a while in my spare time. And so a few times a week, I'll go um, over there and I'll fish. And it's a big lake, and it's really open space. And to get from my house to the lake, I don't touch anything. I don't need gas. I barely interact with anybody. So I spend my time outdoors. A little bit of backstory. When my store that I work at was still open, and we could kind of tell that things were starting to shut down a little bit, I said, man, if we close, I'm going to take, I don't know, five days. I'm going to Big Bend. And then I was like, "Nah, forget that. I'm going to Colorado, and I'm going to take this epic road trip, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. Well, we're two weeks later now, and I'll be honest, I don't have any interest in doing that. For one, you know, going to towns, going to places like Big Bend, you're you're going to be in areas that you're not by metropolitan areas that have the resources available to help an, a, a, an extra amount of people if you're out there and you get sick fine. You know, that that shouldn't be something that anyone is going to be upset about. You can argue the logistics of what you're going to do on your journey, or I'm not going to go to any gas stations or whatever. That's fine. But let's say you do, you know, if you do get sick, you're going to be out in West Texas. And if you're one of a bunch of people that happen to get ill, you're going to put a huge strain on the resources that are available. So that's one part of that. Going to Colorado is a multi-day trip if I wanted to enjoy it. Let's say I'm by myself and I get sick and I have to go into a hospital. And I'm going to be away from my family I'm not going to have anyone near me. And you're hearing the stories of people that are going to the hospitals and they're sick and, and they're, they're all alone, you know, they don't have their families with them. And how awful would that be to, to be somewhere all alone like that and, and, you know, that that's going to be hard for anybody, much less somebody that just wanted to go on an adventure because they had time off from work or school or whatever. and It just didn't feel like the right thing to do. And, you know, I, I still believe that if you can go outdoors and be safe and be away from people, I, I do think there is a responsible way to do it. But I really think it starts from... Right outside your door. And what I was going to say is today, my daughter and I went on a hike. We went on a little urban stroll. And uh, I thought it'd be fun to take my phone and kind of document the journey like I was out at the park. And I was going to film a video for it. Except I, I put it on um, Instagram and uh it was fun. It was entertaining. We went down streets that we normally don't drive on, and you see things from a different perspective, even on streets that you that you do go down often and you notice things that you wouldn't normally notice, and you see trees and plants and animals, and you hear sounds and you smell things and and it was two miles around my neighborhood we passed maybe two people in the in the full amount of walking that we did and we we you know we all kind of did our our space our gap in between ourselves while walking and you know oak is kind of really high right now the pollen and so Just in general, over the last couple of weeks, I've been kind of dealing with some allergies. So, you know, if if the current state of things isn't already kind of making me uncomfortable, feeling like my nose is stuffed up, you know, waiting for that to kind of decide. But, you know, I got to go outside. My daughter and I got to enjoy the sunshine and I got some steps in and it was fine. I got to breathe fresh air and, you know, there's a lot of people that don't have that opportunity right now and, you know, if, if don't take the, the fresh air in the outdoor space right in front of your house for granted, don't think that it's not going to be the same because it's something familiar. Like, you don't have to be at this glorious state park or whatever you want to do to feel like you're getting your nature fix. Kamek is a company in Austin. I've talked about them when I was talking about hammock camping, but they did a fun, like, camp at home initiative about a week ago, and, you know, just stuff like that. I've seen friends of mine doing at home campouts, like, you know, some people aren't really getting that opportunity right now. So don't feel like you have to do all of this extra stuff just to get your outdoor fix when, when there are plenty of options available close by. So keep that in mind when you want to have an argument with somebody that is telling you to stay home and and be safe. Cause maybe you don't know, you don't know their situation. Maybe they have somebody that is ill right now and they can't be with them. So just kind of put things in a perspective and remember to, to, to be nice. You know, this is supposed to kind of bring us all together and, and, and understand that we're all in this together and sorts and, and the amount of things that I'm seeing in a negative fashion or, a little concerning, especially in the outdoor groups, because we're all supposed to be appreciative of the outdoors and we should be as appreciative with our fellow people in the same sense. So just a little bit of that that I wanted to get out there and you can agree, you can disagree, but, you know, we all have the opportunity to feel how we want to feel too. So, um, you know, you do you, but be, be healthy and I hope everyone's happy. And, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna keep pushing through and, and, and yeah, that's it. So what I want to talk to you about now is one of my favorite items to take camping, the Coleman Double burner stove. This thing's been a classic since the 1950s. The first time I ever spent camping was when I was in the Cub Scouts. Being in the Cub Scouts created a lot of firsts for me during that time. It was like third grade when I joined. It was the first time I slept outside Uh, definitely the first time I made a campfire and all part of that was the first time that I cooked outdoors or got to see people cook outdoors. And there are a few ways of cooking that I remember the most. We used to do these, uh, things, we called them silver turtles. So we would put some like roast meat, uh, like meat tips, and with potatoes and some vegetables, and we'd wrap it in this tinfoil square, and we would just throw it on the fire, and it would all cook in there. So that was one thing we did. And then kind of the first time I ever saw Dutch oven cooking, we were making the biscuits in the Dutch oven, which was pretty neat. And then finally, the, the, what I'm here to talk about, uh, the green Coleman stove. We use that pretty much for every other meal. So if you didn't know, the Coleman company started out by making lanterns. That was kind of how they grew. And if you look at a lot of the Coleman logos, the lantern is part of their logo. But during World War II, a camping stove was commissioned to help the soldiers so they could cook out in the field. And this is a lot like the stove backpackers would use today. Kind of like a little propane style, little single burner stove. But from there, that's kind of where the growth of the stoves came, and that's where you've started to see the first family suitcase-style stoves. Now, the stove is only powered by propane, and those are sold separately, but you can find the propane canisters pretty much anywhere you're going to find the stoves. A lot of the you know, grocery stores and the big box stores, they definitely have them. I usually keep a few canisters around just in case, so I have two kind of with me at all times, one that I've been using and then a fresh one. Now, this is the classic two-burner stove, but Coleman makes over 10 different varieties of stoves for all sorts of cooking needs. I've even seen, it's almost like a barbecue pit, like a barbecue grill. So if you want to get a Coleman stove, here's how you're going to set it up. The stove has everything you need except the fuel and how you're going to light it. Like I said, there are some models that feature the light source embedded into the stove unit, but the basic one isn't one of them. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to unhook the latch on the front of the lid. When you first purchase your stove, and after every use, you're going to store the propane tank wand underneath the grill. This just comes up for easy removal. You just open up the grill, and then you pull out the wand, and then when you're done, you just set it right back in there between the two burners. The prongs of the grill just go back in the, in the place of... There's two holes kind of at one end, and then there are no holes on the other end, so you can kind of see where the prongs need to go. And the removal of the grill... It also helps whenever you're done cooking. You can wipe it down a lot easier, obviously, when it's cooled off for safety. The wind block panels on either side help with the wind, but let me just say they're not perfect. I've definitely been in situations where the wind made the cooking process a little challenging. My daughter and I just got back, if you listen to the previous episode, from a little coastal trip. And when we stayed at Lake Corpus Christi State Park, we were camping right by the water. And the Coleman stove was, uh, I mean, there was no real angle to put it. The wind, like the fire still lit, but the wind definitely gave it a little bit of a, a problem. But like I said, we made it work. The wind panels are adjustable. So depending on the size of the pots or pans you're using, you can adjust them and insert accordingly on the bottom on the sides there's these metal prongs that have these little grooves you squeeze them down and they fit into the side slots and you can put them flush to the stove or pull them out a little bit if you have a, like a 12 inch pan all right so now that you have your wind block panel set it's time to get your fuel You're going to screw the metal tube with the gold cap into the stove first. And the other end is for your propane tank. When screwing in the propane, you've got to give it a little bit of muscle to screw it in. It's not just going to take it. you got to kind of push it in and then tighten it. And also make sure it's tightened all the way. And then the canister can just kind of lay on the tabletop or counter or whatever you have it sitting on. Just a quick note though, this is going to give off carbon monoxide, so always make sure that this is used in a ventilated area. I've talked about watching this guy on YouTube, Chris Schantz, on the uh, four-wheel or forward um, overland videos, and uh, he'll, sometimes if it's super, super cold, he'll have the stove going in his Jeep, but he always makes sure that the top part where he sleeps is open all the way. So all of the carbon monoxide is going out. So make sure it's well ventilated. The two burners on the stove, you can light them independently. So you can have one or both going at the same time. I usually turn mine a little higher to get the fire going and then I adjust them down. So you're just going to twist the knob, you'll hear the gas going and then Use the lighter or long wooden match. Light it up and then kind of turn it down or just leave it going. The Coleman stove, it boasts 20,000 total BTUs for cooking power. And since you have two different burners, you can cook them at two different temperatures again. But don't forget, you only have the one propane tank for each burner. You can cook for about an hour with both burners Push all the way up with one cylinder, according to Coleman. But like I said, that's why you should always have extras. All right, so here's what I love and here's what I don't about the Coleman stove. I love the ease of use and the durability. People boast about having these stoves for decades. And with proper care, they're definitely meant to last. They come with a three-year limited warranty and replacement parts are pretty easy to find. For cooking small meals and heating up coffee, this stove is perfect for car camping. I did a uh, super scientific poll on the Facebook group uh, hiking and backpacking in Texas, and just kind of asked people what some of the f- their favorite things that they like to cook on the stove. And I got a lot of breakfast tacos, a lot of breakfast food. You know, throw on some sausages, some kielbasa. Whenever we're somewhere where we can't get a campfire going, we'll just use the flame from um, the stove and cook our mallows or our hot dogs that way. So it definitely serves a lot of purposes. They make even some good silicone uh, foldable or collapsible bowls and you can put water and do some spaghetti. So, you know, whatever you can cook on a normal um, stove. I think you can pretty much knock out on the uh, this classic stove. So the things that don't really bother me, but are a common complaint going in from what you can cook, the biggest complaint that I see is temperature control. The burners really burn all or nothing, it seems. And for most things, that's fine. But one review said on the website, and I quote, it's hard to get a low heat setting Here's my solution to that. If you want something to cook on a lower setting, you're going to have to take it off the burner multiple times, like how I make scrambled eggs. Cook it a bit on the burner, kind of make your food, and then lift it up, stir it a little bit, and then sit it back down, etc., etc. It's a hassle, but honestly, so is complaining about heat control on a basic two-burner propane stove. Am I right? I don't really have any issues with this stove. I just wanted to call out this ridiculous review. If you want more gourmet-style stove cooking, like I said at the beginning, search out the higher-end versions. For basic camp cooking, this one will do just fine. Do you have any experience using the Coleman stove? Leave me a comment section on the Facebook page at The Texas Trailhead on how long you've had your stove and... What are some of your memories about the stove? And what are some of your favorite foods to prepare on it? Thanks for listening to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving feedback on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can find this on anchor.fm and just search the Texas Hit. Still looking for more? Click the links below to find the website, Facebook page, and see pictures from the outdoors on my Instagram page. So until next time, grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead.